welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 13th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. This is going to be a great show because my next guest is close to completing a very long personal journey. This was in the Kansas City Star last week. 15 years ago, David Dasmolchen was living in a car he stationed off Shawnee Mission Parkway. He had abandoned a promising career in acting because of a crippling addiction to heroin. There is a quality of selfishness that is associated with an individual when they are in the depths of addiction, Dasmolchen said. They will do anything, say anything, hurt anyone to sedate their need. The interesting thing about that is, underneath, they're not selfish people. It's almost like a demonic possession. But that selfishness turned to hope and ultimately redemption. After five years of enduring this illicit lifestyle, the Kansas City-raised actor got clean. He then wrote a screenplay inspired by his experiences called Animals. Now Das Mulchen is starring in that movie, which opens nationally on Friday and has already earned him a special Courage and Storytelling Award at the South by Southwest Film Festival. David has appeared in The Dark Knight and will be in the upcoming film from Marvel, Ant-Man. But today, we will talk about the life of an independent filmmaker. David, welcome to the show. Hi. Your film Animals comes out this Friday, May 15th. You wrote this film. Where did the story come from? Thank you. Yes, May 15th. I can't believe that's like, what What day is today? The 12th? Something? Yes. Three days from now? That's insane. Um, and thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Uh, the, the script, actually, I wrote um, almost, I think, I, I think it's been like eight years. 2006 uh, was when I wrote the first draft of it. And it was um, inspired by... Yeah, I wanted to write. I wanted to write a script. I just wanted to write a screenplay, and I was looking for the theme I was exploring was love and dependency. And um, I myself had a personal back history with both addiction and homelessness, which is the the the, the obstacle that I pit my characters against and the challenge of their love. So that was. Um, you know, I took from my own personal experience, I took from the things that I wanted to explore with the screenplay and write about, and um, I kind of threw them all in the blender, and I wrote my first draft, and it was terrible, but I uh, I kept chipping away at it and have been for, had been up until we went and shot it. Since the story is based on your personal events, how emotional was it writing the screenplay? The writing of the process, the writing process wasn't terribly emotional, only because, like I said, I wanted it to be inspired by, but definitely, um, it was, it's fictional. You know, I mean, these are definitely characters, and there's definitely, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a, it is a fictional screenplay. It's not a biopic. So I had that kind of safe distance in the sense that I could create, and I felt license and liberty to create circumstances um, 
and certain plot devices to help further um, the film as a as a narrative, as opposed to um, trying to tell my own story. So that was interesting. I think originally I didn't probably trust my gut enough. I didn't trust my instincts as a writer enough, and I and I layered on a bunch of just crap um, to try and make it more exciting, to make it more to make it more of whatever it is that I felt like it wasn't. And then as I got the um, you know, the guidance and the, the help and the input of my, my close friends and collaborators, including our director, Colin Shifley, and producer, and my wife, who's always my first creative advisor, we um, just peeled away all the layers. And then, uh, and by the time it came to the point where it was ready to go be a shooting script, I think um, the, emotional, the emotional journey was, you know, it was trying, but it was also very liberating. It felt very, it was a very positive experience. What's the significance of the title, Animals? I came up with the title almost off the cuff when I sat down to write the script. It really just came to me. And I, and I thought a lot about it over, over the time of writing it and then going to shoot it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a motif in the film, Jude and Bobby, who are the lead characters, they spend their afternoons um, after they've scored uh, their dope for the day. They... They kill time and they sleep in a car parked next to the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, which is a beautiful free zoo that's open 364 days a year in Chicago. And it's actually a zoo where I spent a great deal of time when I was living in my car and I was um, strung out the way that Jude and Bobby are. So that was something I pulled directly from my life. And I remember even in my real life, as well as we see the characters doing it, walking through this beautiful zoo and, you know, studying and looking at these incredible beasts, you know, a silverback gorillas and, you know, a, a giraffe or a rhinoceros and, and, and these glorious animals which live in the containment of, you know, a 15 by 10 foot cage. Um, it, it's, it's really symbolic of, of, of Jude and Bobby, you know, they, they, they're the potential, they could be living, you know, they could be thriving. Uh, in 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 their in their respective worlds, but they um, they live much like a you know creatures do in a zoo. They they only have so far that they can they can get outside of uh, of you know that they can move about in a day because of the restrictions of their their lives. Was there an importance to having the film set in Chicago? I know you mentioned the zoo, and and I've been there as well. And, and Chicago is a great place to film. But were you, were you dead set on this is where it was going to be filmed? Dead set. Yes. I, I mean, I wrote the script with so many references to Chicago in the film. And I, having had my history there and having lived there and having experienced, you know, a similar you know, journey as Jude and Bobby do in the film. So that, um, that setting was to me, you know, um, it was, it was just crucial. And, and, and fortunately Colin felt the same way when he got on board to direct and, um, we immediately started taking trips back to Chicago. That's actually where I met, I met Colin long before um, Animals was a, a reality of going to become a film. We met in, I think, 2008, making a short film of his in Chicago. Um, but, you know, Chicago is like the third character of the film almost. Chicago is so integral to the, to the landscape and the, the, the experience. So it was like, we're making this movie in Chicago, no matter what. And um, thankfully... I do have a lot of friends in Chicago and a lot of 
family there. So because this movie was a friends and family kind of effort, you know, we're talking like shoestring budget filmmaking. We had the assistance and the love and the support of many, 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 many family and friends, you know. Are there any difficulties when you're the writer and the actor? There are difficulties when you're both the writer and the actor, and there are also um, there are also perks or whatever the word is for it, but benefits. The the difficulty is always in that um, you 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 know I think coming from the, the stage and from theater and, and working on uh, on films of certain writers, I do believe that like the screenplay is the bible with with a lot of work. With my particular film, I never felt that way. I always felt like my screenplay was a blueprint for a direction with which we could go, and I always felt comfortable, or I tried to feel confident and comfortable in being open to discovering things on the day. So one of the difficulties may be, I think, if I wrote a line that sounded really clever that I thought was a really effective line and it just wasn't working when we were shooting, being able as the actor to not let that distract me that we could improvise our way through it or we could lose the line or we could change the line. Um, but then the side of it that came as I think a, a strength, a benefit is was a, that I had so much experience with the source material. So I was kind of like our onset, um, uh, specialist, I guess you could say. Uh, and I, um, was able to answer questions when people had them. Although I think Colin had prepared so well before we went to film that few questions arose by the time we were actually shooting, but they did sometimes, you know, and I was glad I could be there to answer them. How good did it feel to go to South by Southwest and win the special jury award, recognizing your courage in storytelling? Going to South by was one of the highlights of my life. You know, we finished the film and we submitted a very rough cut to the festival uh, within literally a month of, of wrapping production and that they wanted to include our film in their festival was such an honor. I was so excited. I just can't even tell you. I mean, it was it was a dream. And so then we get there. And at this point, my wife, who we found out that she was pregnant while we were making animals, she's now, you know, eight and a half months pregnant. We're, we're at the festival. It's getting to see my film on the big screen at the Alamo draft house. And there's all these actors that I really admire and filmmakers that I admire there and all my friends. And then, and then we won an award. I mean, that was, uh, it was very surreal. You know, it was, it was, um, it was a dream, dreamy, dreamlike moment. And I still, uh, I go there in my head because it was just such a wonderful experience, you know? And then we came back to, to life and, uh, Two weeks later, my son was born, and I was still reeling, you know? It's amazing. When Animals opens in theaters on Friday, do you feel like you've completed a journey? I do. I feel that way. I, I'm very—you're you're catching me at a very interesting time right now. This is the Tuesday before the film opens in—I think we're at 13, 15. They just added a couple more cities, I think. Uh, they're like 15 cities now, and— um, I'm very nervous. Um, I feel very vulnerable to the world right now. This is a project that I spent years trying to put together. I raised the financing myself. I, um, I put together this team. I, I, I we, we used our kitchen for a year of, uh, as our office, you know, it's like, um, and now it's going out into the world, which means it's at the mercy of audiences and critics and strangers and, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. I feel like this is the ultimate goal. I, I, I make films, I tell stories for audiences. You know, I really do think that's an important part of the equation that sometimes gets forgotten about, especially in indie or art house filmmaking, but the audience is the, the most important element in this, in this journey for me. So here we are. And uh, I'm very excited. I couldn't be more thrilled. I wouldn't want it any other way, but I also am not sleeping and um, pacing a lot. And, you know, it's a uh, nerve wracking, but it's, uh, I do, I feel, I think come Friday night, I am looking forward to um, just, I'll, I'm going to go to New York for the opening night in New York and uh, at the Village East Cinemas. And I'm hoping I'll stand out on Second Avenue and just take a big breath and call my wife who will be back here in LA at the, uh, at the Pasadena opening and, and, uh, and just breathe a sigh of relief across the finish line. You know, I wish you the best. Uh, thanks man. I, I, Thank I definitely do. I know there's a lot of hard work going in there and the, how I know you is you used to come into my comic book store in Chicago. So yeah, yeah I know. I know. I remember. I, yeah. I can't not ask you a few nerd questions because I saw that. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So wait, wait. You're you do, you're in Florida now. Obviously, you don't have the the shop anymore. Do you do a, you do a comic shop down in Florida? It's a different it's a different market. Uh, there's there I Got moved it. down here and there's a couple really good shops down here that are friends of mine and and I don't want to I don't want to compete with them. I wouldn't inter- sure 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 sure. I wouldn't. Yeah, no no you were uh, you were on Montrose uh, the Comic Vault. Yes yeah yeah. And remember I was going to come there and do a a signing day and then I ended up shooting. I had to film and I couldn't go. I was so, so upset. I think it was I, to- I think it was the ER that you had to do. I think that was the yeah the, ex- the ER you, the ER <laughs> during which I met. One of my dearest friends, Grace Rex, who who now is going to be starring in the next film that I wrote that Colin is going to be directing. So how cool is that? But yeah, that's what we met during the shooting of that ER episode. Isn't that funny? Um. Anyway, so yes, you want to ask about the little man? No, no, no. There's there's a bigger man before the little man because uh, I called you and, and there was a voice. You have a you have a very interesting voicemail. It, it's it's Mark Hamill, and I also saw that Mark Hamill sent out a great review of Animals on Twitter. So what's your connection? We are friends. Uh, it's an amazing part of my life that I get to become, you know, I get to work with. And sometimes when you're really lucky, become friends with people who um, are your heroes. You know, Mark is obviously a lifelong hero. My One of my favorite actors, been in one of my favorite film franchises of all times. And we were in a film called Sushi Girl that came out in 2011 together. And... Um, we played members of a heist crew who were friends or not friends. We we're kind of actually bickering, but um, we just hit it off. We have very similar uh, taste in film and in classic cinema, et cetera, et cetera. So we stayed in touch and uh, you know, his family and our family are, are very close. We see them often and um, they are, you know, they love my little boy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been amazing, you know, getting to be friends with Mark. And, and when we were rapping Sushi Girl, Mark uh, did my voicemail for me on my phone because he and I, uh, well, I knew he was the incredible voice of the Joker on Batman, the animated series. And he knew that I'm a big comic book fan and uh, that I had been in the Dark Knight. So he did the voice on my outgoing message on my phone. And it uh, drives my friends and family crazy because it's very long and very loud and i love it and i hope i'll never change it i actually hope actually when i called you today that i was like i hope i really actually called mark hamill and he gave me the wrong number <laughs> 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 lastly what can you tell us about your role on ant-man 
Yeah, man, it, it was so fun. Just an amazing time shooting that film. I love Peyton Reed, who directed it. Um, I play Kurt, is a member of a crew that includes Michael Pena and um, T.I., and we are guys who met in um, in prison. And we are uh, members of, of the crew, like I was saying, and I have um, some certain skills that are very useful in crime. But those skills could be put to good use if um, if my character so chose to do that. And that's an interesting, I think, um, dynamic in the film, and it plays throughout all of the characters in you know, the film. I feel like all of them have kind of like a, a gift or something, you know, some specialty that they they kind of have to decide where they're going to put that energy. And um, so, yeah, there's still quite a bit, I think, under wraps. Marvel has given me pretty specific things that I can't, even, can't talk about, but I can say that, that there, there's that, that it's, uh, it's, super, it's super fun. I haven't gotten to see the film yet, but, I've, uh, but I just had such a blast working on it, and I am you know, a longtime fan of Marvel and DC. But with Marvel, interestingly, the first comic that I ever collected on a monthly basis that I actually like how I got into going to shops was in my third or fourth grade when I got really into the West coast Avengers and Hank Pym, who at that time wasn't Ant-Man per se, but he was still, he was many different things, but he, uh, he was one of the integral characters in that, in that, in that book. And I, um, and I've always loved the character. So it's really cool to be a part of that world. Yeah. You got, you're going to have two under your belt right now. Is there, is there going to be a third, the funny thing about when you're an actor, you know, you, you, what I strive for and what I, I, I it, it's, it's a dream for me that I have been able to be in both of the cinematic universes, the DC and the Marvel world, and that I've been able to, um, make, you know, indie film like animals. Like that's, that's, that's a dream. I do. I definitely drive towards things, but it is, it is as well, uh, very much a lottery, you know? So I, I hope and pray that the opportunities continue to present themselves because I think one of the things that's so great about comic book films and that a lot of critics and a lot of people who aren't fans of comics don't seem to understand is that we can keep making them forever because, for goodness sake, I've been reading the same comics for, you know, 30 years. They come out every month. It's the same characters. They go on all new adventures, and it's still exciting, and it's still interesting, and it's still, you know... It's it's people have some kind of problem with with the idea that you could just continue to make movies about certain characters, uh, and I don't I don't see that as a problem. Obviously, actors are going to age out of certain roles, and then you replace them, just like we've seen different amazing illustrators and different amazing uh, writers come and go with some of our favorite books. You know, it's uh, it's so cool that now that that that, it, that the, the, the 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 film exploration of superheroes is being done on such a grand scale, and I hope it goes on for a long time because I would love to be involved as many as possible. I, I tried my best to, to do my mini pitch to one of the Marvel producers on set one time because I, I always wanted to make a, a, a film or a, or a TV series about Moon Knight. I was always a big Mark Spector fan. And I, and I also love um, Morbius. I just thought he was such a great character. So who knows? Maybe I can write, uh, maybe I can write the screenplay for Moon Knight or, or Morbius or one of my favorite Marvel characters. Yeah, there's definitely rumors of those two characters showing up in Phase 2 of their Netflix plans with the Daredevil and, and Iron Fist and the Defenders. After that, they were talking about like Punisher, uh, Moon Knight. It, it could be an interesting time for the Marvel Cinematic Universe on TV. Oh, yeah. 
it's amazing, man. It's so cool. And it's great to be such an honor to get to be in that world now, you know, and get to, to meet these guys who are just diehard. They know, they know more about comics than I do. And I always feel like that's, that's a big, that's a big deal. Cause I think I know a lot. David, I wish you the best with animals this Friday. And thank you. Now, man. It's great talking to you. Thanks for, um, thanks for wanting to talk about it. And, um, let's do it again soon. That was David Dasmolchen, and his film Animals will be in theaters and video on demand this Friday. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. The biggest compliment we received is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. Also, if you have a chance, rate our show on iTunes. If you have an Android device, listen to our show on Stitcher. There's also this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station plus the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 13th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots a success. Special thanks to David Dasmolchen for calling the Monkeys Fighting Robots hotline. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkeys Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website. And then there's my wife, who has no clue why grown men paint their face for football games. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you for joining us for this episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Come to the Home Depot this month and you'll learn a thing. Or two. Actually, three. With three free do-it-yourself workshops. Learn how to install a faucet, how to improve your home's bathroom with easy bath updates, or if you like, learn all the skills you need to successfully install wall tile. See, it's never too late to learn something new. Register today at homedepot.com workshops for a do-it-yourself workshop near you. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations.